Lifetime Live with Griselda Tutumashe. Welcome and thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Lifetime Live it is with me, Chrisalda Tutumasha. We're talking right now about a societal tragedy indeed uh, where teenagers are pregnant in schools. And uh, uh, is, is the society doing enough? It's all good and well to point fingers at uh, the education system, um, point fingers at uh, the laws that govern our country and look at the constitution, whether it's failing our daughters. Um, but, you know, as a society, when do we get to take uh, responsibility? And joining me right now uh, on the line is Lebu Ramafogo, who's the CEO of Seoul City Institute. Good afternoon and welcome, Lebu. Thank you so much for having me, Zelda. And we also have Dr. Shahida Omar, who's the clinical director at uh, Teddy Bear Clinic. Good afternoon and welcome, doctor. Good afternoon to you and good afternoon to the listeners and my learned colleagues, Lebo. Now, Doctor, I, I know that uh, we have a very uh, limited period with you, but I would like us to just focus on when a teenager is pregnant, physiologically, what, what happens to them, uh, especially considering that uh, their body is not ready to bear children? Well, I think firstly, the most important thing is it's something that they definitely not expected. It's an unexpected outcome because when they engage in any kind of sexual intimacy, it's not with a view to becoming pregnant. Mm. I think that is something that we need to clearly understand. And when they suddenly face with something inside of them, they're in a state of shock, denial, uh, fear, a lot of fear that now uh, is going to come out. And, and of course, the consequences or the implications of this, but also conclusions, because they actually cannot predict their trajectory or what, you know, how it's going to impact on their lifestyle. So I think there's a lot of mixed emotions around mm-hmm. that, but also a lack of deeper understanding of this baby that is inside of them and, and what it actually means mm-hmm. for them, for a child that is a child, the child that has to parent a baby. Uh, I think so this in itself is quite confusing and it could lend itself to further trauma for that teenage now, a pregnant person. Now, Lebo, for you, it, it must be uh, really tragic because you spend um, so much resource on, on just building character of young people. Uh, where are we going wrong as a society? Well, we are going wrong at, at many levels. Firstly, to call a 15-year-old or even a grade 5 learner a teenage pregnancy is wrong. And I think it absolutely underlies how much we don't know or we don't consider child abuse as a real phenomenon in the society. And we don't ask ourselves and shame the men or young Mm. men, whichever Mm. age they Mm. are, who are sleeping with with these uh, young y- young kids. So mm. we've got a very patriotic, pa- patriarchal, but also very misogynistic society that would want to question the behavior of women and young girls, but really not question the behavior of men in this regard. Mm. But I don't think we also appreciate how communities are really unable to deal with what I call child abuse. Because mm. a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old who is pregnant, there is not consensual sex. Mm. Even if they said yes, it is rape. And I guess, you know, speaking to what uh, Dr. Omar is saying, that uh, to, to some, uh, ones who are consenting, uh, whether legally or not, uh, they don't do this with the view of falling pregnant. 
Yes, they don't. Uh, they don't uh, do it with a, with a, with the with the singing of falling pregnant. And and I don't think that when young people, because young people will experiment with mm. living sex, and they are fully equipped uh, to basically do that in a safe manner. Because it doesn't mean that only the young people who are pregnant are the ones that are having sex. So we need to ask ourselves, what is happening with those that end up falling pregnant? Where in the system mm. are they being failed? And a number of things that uh, one can point out to is uh, the lack of comprehensive, judgment-free sex education. Mm. It is an issue of parenting. And when I say parenting, I am not talking about blaming how the children are parented in the home. I am talking about whether or not the parents are able in the home to basically mm. talk in a mm. very non-judgmental manner mm. about sex, sexuality, and the options that are there. Whether the services that young people are accessing are, are youth-friendly. And we've got young people who get the information at school. They will tell you that they do get information, but they will also tell you what their obstacles are when they are trying to access condoms, they are trying to access contraceptives. And that even if they are given, because the attitude of the person that is giving them the service is such that you are doing something you should not be doing, a lot of young people will have that fear of going and therefore will also not seek the information that they want. But also the dynamic of the relationship that they are having, even if the age difference is not that, big. We raise young girls in the society primarily to say, your role as a woman is to please a man. Mm. And therefore, even condom negotiation and, 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 and feeling free that you can say no, or you can even say, I don't want a sexual relationship right now. Because of the social norms that we have in society, young girls sadly are still saying, saying no to a boy who wants sex is not an option for me because he will leave me for somebody else and mm. and I cannot mm. be seen to be left by yeah, the Lord. Sure, sure. Even if it's not an older man. We we have to take a commercial break, and when we return, uh, Doctor Omar, I'd like uh, to go back, uh, you know, to the issue of uh, physiological um, changes and and needs, um, so that we get to understand uh, to a point that was made by Lebo that this is not we can't even say teen pregnancy um, because it, it it almost feels like we we saying that these teenagers are consenting to this. Uh, just understand physiologically how um, you know the the body actually gets deprived of uh, development when we return. Call Chris Zelda now 0891-104-207 Alright, uh, we continue the conversation looking at uh, um, pregnancy of uh, teenagers in schools, um, in our society. Is this a societal um, cha- challenge? Is this a societal shame uh, is the question we ask you. And, uh, you know, Lebu Ramafoko, CEO of uh, Soul City Institute, joining us on the line says, uh, even the notion of calling it teen pregnancy, it's almost like we're saying uh, these are consenting adults. It is child abuse according to our laws. And uh, also joining us is uh, Dr. Shahida uh, Omar, who's a clinical director at Teddy Bear Clinic. Doctor? Yes, I just want to pick up on one thing that, fully support what my dear colleague, learned colleague Lebo stated 
that these are children, these are childhood pregnancies, and it's not about consensual sex, uh, sexual activity. But I also li- would like to add that, yes, there are numerous physiological changes. It's not only the physical changes that uh, change as the pregnancy increases, mm. but it's also emotionally, psychologically, sure. uh, and the mental psych- psyche that needs to prepare itself for a baby to come out. And the fact that life is no longer the same, that there's a disruption in actually being a child. Being that child that could explore, be carefree, play, is actually now restricted. There are so many constraints that are suddenly imposed, and it arrests the child's normal developmental growth process and patterns. But also there are concerns around what Lebel said, that this requires collective responsibility. We cannot only place responsibility on parents or educators, but it's also enabling these very people, uh, empowering them on how to engage, how to dialogue, but also looking at healthcare facilities. The reception that is provided at these facilities is very stigmatizing, very threatening and intimidating. And often as a result, Learners and, and children are afraid to go and seek uh, professional help, guidance, direction and support and therefore often fail to access uh, contraception. Not that we're propagating that they go for contraception, but even any kind of uh, concerns that they have and guidance that they need, they are fearful of the consequences and the responses that will be elicited as a result. So I think we need to look at working on different platforms with different uh, organizations and sectors in the government. It's not just education. It's not just parents. It's looking at corporate companies. It's looking at broader civil society partners. It's looking at employee wellness association programs, your healthcare facilities on the ground. It's, it's definitely this collaborative and integrated efforts in communicating, in dialoguing with children addressing the issues around, uh, you know, positive choices where there's an opportunity to transfer pro-social skills, not telling them what to do, but enabling them to make an informed choice at the end of the day so they are more aware and in tune that actions have consequences if they choose to do this, have they put in sufficient measures in place, if not, these are the possibilities and the possible outcomes that may affect their trajectory and lifelong um, you know, consequences of their immediate gratification or instinctual needs. So I think this requires quite an intensive dialogue and, and of course, uh, action that would have to be worked mm-hmm. together. And as we speak, I think the reality is that we're working in silos because we know yeah. from the Department of Health, um, and, and I think Lovelight did a study where they found that one in three girls have had a baby before the age of 19. Hmm. And I think this is something that we need to recognize because it's not just about the pregnancy. It goes deeper. We need to also look at HIV, which is now rec- you know, recognized as a primary concern. And we know that 16% of pregnant females under 20 years test positive. So I think these are, you know, these are problems that one needs to unpack and work through and create deeper and greater awareness. But 
like Lebo said, that work is being done, but it's definitely not sufficient, it's not rigorous, mm. it's not consistent, and the hardest hit areas are the schools coming from disadvantaged communities. Now, Lebo, I, I mean, when you hear that uh, there's lack of collaboration, knowing that uh, uh, Seoul City is one of those examples that are trying to collaborate and get everyone on board uh, in addressing some of these social ills, what is your response? Well, I think the more things change in South Africa, the more they remain the, the same or they become worse. And I think one of the challenges we've got is that we are not a country that know, that doesn't know what works. But I think we then get caught up in wanting quick, quick fixes. Um, you know, when you speak to the Department of Education, they will say to you, well, it is not working. And, um, you know, our principals are saying we must come with a solution. Mm. So we are going to stop these programs and we are now going to move programs from primary school. We are going to put them in high school. Mm. And, and, and I'm giving you this example because if our soul buddies club that start at primary school, we have quantitative independent evaluation mm. that shows that young people who have ever been a member of a soul buddies club delay sexual uh, debut. Mm. They finish school they become active in society. But in this country, rather than scale a program like that up, we have reduced it. And right now as Soul City, we are basically only operating Soul Paris Club in only areas where we are funded to do so. Sure. And yet the, 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 the information we were told by the Department of Education is that there is a lot of teenage pregnancy and therefore we are going to take all of our resources and put them in high school. And you've just said, and, and I think we've seen it, that there are pregnant learners already. In primary, as early as standard at, nine. Yeah, at grade five. Yeah. And we are saying, why are we then not intensifying these programs that have shown us to work? They are not working because I, as the CEO of Soul City, says they are working. They have been tested. We mm. are seeing young people at the age of 18 who are member of a club at 10 years old showing all of these signs. We are also not deploying the best of our people in terms of skill and capacity at local government level. Mm. Because remember, these schools are in communities. And unfortunately, because of that, then there won't be accountability. We'll um, try and shift the blame. We have to take the news headlines. When we return, we take your calls 0891-104-207 and uh, WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107 and also welcome your SMSs at 40938, charged at 150. Hashtag SAFM Lifetime. All right, we're taking a WhatsApp voice note. Uh, good afternoon, uh, SAFM. Uh, concerning this topic uh, about uh, the, the, the so-called teen pregnancy, what we have to do is to we have, we have to deal with that which causes someone to, to get pregnant. These kids must be uh, taught not to engage in any sexual activities. They must know that it's a taboo for a child to have sex. But these things will happen. Unless we do that, we will never solve this problem. Thank you. 
And even it, 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 that response, um, Dr. Omar, do we understand as parents that uh, children will have hormones, hormones, happy hormones uh, that are suggestive? Understand that what you're raising because I think we find that the hormones, your prepubescent and pubescent children, yeah. that's part of the normal growth or phase of development. And I think you're looking at the estrogens, the testosterone, mm. the the hormone levels will certainly increase and it, it's actually a healthy process. So they are going to explore. I think Lebo spoke earlier too about children wanting to experiment. And the more we prescribe to children, we know that if you say no, mm-hmm. no means it becomes more exciting and attractive and something that you need to pursue. So it's not about no, mm-hmm. it's about information. We know that Information is knowledge, and knowledge is power, and power liberates. So that is what we need to do. We need to keep back that power of choice for the child, but giving all the information, making them appreciate, understand, and recognizing about making the choice that would be best for that child's life. But I think we also need to take cognizance of the fact which Lebo also uh, alluded to earlier about peer pressure. Mm. One thing that we have found where learners have indicated and young girls have indicated that they were forced not to take contraception because of peer pressure. Sure. Um, so, and and I know, guess how we also shun on, on um, suggestions uh, like... Uh, if if a, a, a should I say parents because I don't think uh, a child is allowed to opt for abortion, um, do we believe that? Uh, do you believe Lebu, that parents are equipped on on having these conversations with their children? I'm seeing a tweet here, Pelelani uh, Gambo saying, "Ha, ukulma nengane ngezotansi." Hi, hi, hi. No, parents are not. Uh, p- parents are struggling with their own sexuality. That's tough. What is happening themselves? Mm. We as adults mm. are struggling with our own mixed up and completely and um, messed up hypocritical <laughs> sexual oh, standards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we are in church today saying something. We are in our own home, <laughs> creating a home that looks like it's cozy. And we are outside living another life that if there was a spotlight shined on most of our lives, they will not look that rosy as we want society to, to look at. And parenting is very difficult because a lot of these social norms, some informed by culture, some by religion, mm. are making all of us very confused about owning our own sexuality. A lot of the workshops that we do at Soul City around parenting really start with us helping parents understand their own sexuality. And there are a number of things that happen. It is unbelievable how many adults are walking around with very traumatic sexual experiences when they were young themselves. Where workshop after workshop, we are seeing parents break down. And some of the inability to talk to their children about sex is that they themselves have not dealt with their own traumas of what happened to them when they were younger. And also the indoctrination in our upbringing. I mean, it's interesting the voice note that you said. I don't understand how not talking about sex helps young people. Mm. Because young people, mm. even if you mm. said they must have sex at 30, they are going to have sex. Oh, so even saying don't. We all agree that they are going to have sex at 30. 
because that is the language that many parents and adults mm. want to hear. Let's agree that it's a safety. So when do you speak to them? 29 and a half? And what do you say? Because some parents don't even know what to say. Uh, Here's a this whole language of hiding. Yeah, you know, when from from the day they are born, they are walking Mm. around with their body parts, and adults are Mm. finding it very difficult to even call these body parts by their real Mm. names. So, how does that help? And I think we need to start as adults in society to really interrogate how this sacrifice has helped us. Mm. Because let me tell you, particularly now in the age of Google and everything else, young people will go and watch porn. They will have access to this information. And the sad thing is they will have it. And because you are this mother or this father who doesn't want to talk about it, you will never know that they are having sex. You will not be the person that they come to and talk to. All right, let's look at this uh, tweet. Uh, parents need to come up with innovative ways of bringing sex education to children because there's no one um, to can do it better than them. Teachers, nurses find uh, difficulty in educating their own. Uh, so how are they going to get uh, get it right on someone else's child? So we need programs. We need programs that are just going to help us um, be equipped as parents, and we need to acknowledge and accept that. Christian and Kimberly, uh, good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon, consultant. Good afternoon to your listeners. Good afternoon. Uh, I just want to ask a question. Was Was this situation like this in the beginning or it has increased now? The problem is we are living a double standard life. We are not teaching, we are not raising our children the way we were raised because we are taking part of the Western We want to remain with our own culture. That is where our problem is. Now, there are laws that give powers to our children to say, I cannot discipline my children, I cannot tell them what to do. They have rights. How can, I, how can they have rights when they don't even know what? good for them and what's bad for them. That's where our biggest problem is. We should empower teachers and parents to discipline children and guide them through their life. Otherwise, if we can't do that, we are in a serious mess. Thank you. Yeah, um, I guess this is the reality. Dr. Omar, as we conclude this uh, conversation, what would be your advice um, to health um, professionals because um, you know a tweet came through to say nurses and doctors don't even know how to speak to their own children how do we expect them to help our children so it's for me it's not just about professionals I think it's about everybody and I think people articulated it so beautifully earlier I think you know um, it's about analyzing our values and attitudes we all need to be in touch with our own sexuality and that's where we need to start working with a little child about embracing their sexuality, about cherishing their bodies, about uh, uh, appreciating who they are and what they are. And I think we need to continue with that process from childhood, as young as when they have verbal uh, uh, capacity, and continuing that process with children and adolescents and adults, even our mothers and fathers, because I think the approach we are uh, uh, adopting is that parents are not doing this. Parents are not doing that. It's a shame-blame 
The reason I'm, I was getting to healthcare professionals, uh, Dr. Omalaki, rightfully say um, that uh, Lebo has already touched on parents okay. um, because but we we concluding the conversation, and I'd like okay. uh, us to reflect on uh, you know the friendliness of the services. Um, well, think, yeah, so so something that we do is we we always talk to children as health professionals at our medical clinic. It's about talking about their bodies from head to toe and the functions of each part of the body. And I think that is something easy if one adopts a simplistic approach and making children appreciate that every part has a role to play, every mm. part is necessary in the body. So it's using basic, basic information and breaking down those barriers. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Now, Lebu, uh, what are some of the new programs that um, are accessible and available that will help parents uh, be equipped on beginning this conversation? Because we need them as partners. Um, I mean, I think last night, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen Dr. Cindy Fanzeid, who's very active on Twitter, really providing guidance on how parents can have uh, conversations with very young children about sex and even providing guidance on what they can say and do. Because I do believe that uh, it's important that parents have this conversation, but it's also important that they have guidance on how they have this conver- this conversation. So City has said we've got a parenting course that we offer, and we have parents who have attended our course, particularly in the primary schools where we've got some parties clubs, and parents have actually said, not only has this course helped them to do uh, to, to parent mm. or be aware of the things that they must do as a parent, but it has also helped them deal with their own issues about how they were parented. Remember, we all do it from the information that we have. So all of us, I think, has a lot of things that we can unlearn. And, you know, um, and, and I think Dr. Omar said it when she said, why don't we talk to corporates and others? For us, the value would be to get, rather than government and foreign donors, also corporates saying we are sitting with parents as employees in our companies. How do we make this available as part of employee um, uh, wellness? And I'm sure there's a lot of other organizations that have materials that is out there that parents can access. And, 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 and parenting is a lifelong cause. I mean, it's interesting what the person said about uh, culture. I don't know which culture and I don't know which discipline. What we are talking about in discipline is cancel corporal punishment. We have hit children before mm. and children have fallen pregnant. And in fact, fertility rates in South Africa have dropped. But what we are seeing is this pocket where you can see that there is a lot of child abuse. And that is where we say, how do we even strengthen communities to deal with child, um, child abuse? So I, I, I'm not too sure when they are saying we are not meant to discipline children. Children can have rights. They can be disciplined, but not through hitting them. And children who were hit fell pregnant. You know, there's no correlation mm, between mm. I'm going to hit a child and they are not going to have sex. Uh, we are not having a conversation of who is making these children pregnant yeah, yeah. and how is society dealing with the people who are making children pregnant. 
We have to conclude there, Lebu. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Lebu Ramafoko, CEO of uh, Seoul City Institute. And uh, we're also joined uh, by Dr. Shahida Omar, who is a clinical director of uh, Teddy Bear Clinic. And I guess the conversation continues. We welcome your uh, WhatsApp voice notes, your SMSs at 40938, charged at 150, and WhatsApp voice notes at uh, on 0614104107. This is going to need a multi-pronged approach uh, we are all going to um, uh, be needed uh, to just uh, bring our own uh, we take a mini break and then we continue with the next conversation